Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Rich here from JFabe, and you know we are now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and my personal favourite, Stitcher. If you contact us via Anchor, we have a message box where you can leave a message, currently 100% ad-free, while I build the infrastructure to ensure we give you guys the best listening experience for years to come. Jay is manning the podcast Twitter, that is JFabe Podcast, that is at jfabe podcast that is at j-f-a-b-e podcast i am rich jfabe or at rjfabe that is at r-j-f-a-b-e if you like us please feel free to let us know through twitter or facebook now let's get on with the conversation It is the 25th of February 2019. You are listening to JFabe. You have got me, Rich, that is RJFabe on Twitter. We have Jay. Jay is manning the JFabe Twitter. You can find us on all of those podcast places that I've just mentioned. Plus, today, we have been added by the lovely people over at Overcast, who now host us as well. We are available where all good podcasts are found. Jay, what's going on, man? Hey, Rick. <laughs> hey, man, how's it going? I'm good, mate. I've been you in a while. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it has been a bit of a while. We were supposed to do a Raw and SmackDown catch-up show last week. We used Skype. It was incredibly reliable. Um, so incredibly much show reliable. that, yeah, really reliable. Um, I totally want to want to want to work with Skype again. Um, which is why I decided to set up a, a VoIP server, which is what we're using to communicate today. Um, and generally, the quality is much better. I think um, I'm, I'm quite happy well, to say it. So. Sounds better when we're talking. So. Well, yeah, that's the important thing. Yeah. So this week um, we have Raw and SmackDown. They happened, and we'll be looking at um, Raw and SmackDown this week as well later on in the week. Um, obviously, I've caught up with NXT, NXT UK. Um, also, big on the news this week, we have um, Ty Dillinger, TJ Perkins, and was it Hideo Dami? Yeah, but no, it's the other one already. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, um, he's Mr. Kenta. Yes, yes, Mr. Kenter, he has been <laughs> released. <laughs> Indeed. And um, big news for me, because I'm a major mark for him, um, Bruce Pritchard has rejoined the WWE creative team, um, which is... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do we start there, or do we kind yeah, of go we, we later can, we into... Yeah, we can it? jump in with that one. It is a really good yeah. move by Vince McMahon to, to bring him back, really, so... Well, yes and no. It depends who you ask at the moment. Um, for instance, um, there's a few people who have said um, that 
obviously he's wanting a yes man. Um, Bruce has always been kind of considered by wrestling fans to be a bit of a Vince McMahon yes man. Um, certainly if you do um, listen to his podcast, um, you do find that um, he can sometimes be considered a bit of a yes man. Um, and a lot of his stories relate to, well, Vince decided it being the punchline. Um, but at the same time, I think um, he's currently making more money than he's ever made before and that's from having one of the most popular wrestling podcasts um, available as well as his contracts with MLW um, he's as we know very good friends with Conrad Thompson who is working for AEW at the moment um, which is interesting considering they host a podcast together um, their podcast is <laughs> going to be excellent that's going to bring a new level to their podcast com- completely yeah, um, I, I hope so. I hope so. I think um, the only real problem you'll have is that he's an old school guy. Um, he's probably going to stick to the kayfabe when it comes to the modern product. Um, I think you're more likely to hear um, you're more likely to hear the continuing stories of the old product. Um, however, if you know um, something else to wrestle with on the network, anything to go by, um, he certainly didn't pull any punches on there overall, um, barring obviously avoiding topics which really, really, really do not mesh with the WWE brand as a whole. Um, what are your thoughts on this whole thing overall, mate? Overall, um, um, I, I think it's going to be a good move. Yeah, he may be a yes man, but he does have his own ideas that he has always pushed forward. Yeah, I mean, so definitely. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to see a bit more of an edge of product. Yeah, I mean, you've got to remember as well that his like biggest moment, as it were, in WWE that is probably the most unsung, considering how how much he was involved with the Attitude Era, um, is of course his his. Um, his ownership of SmackDown from a creative perspective um, in the golden years between 2002 to about 2008 um, during the during what many people considered to be the best run SmackDown had when it had the SmackDown 6 involved. Um, it was a phenomenal time. You had Edge, you had Eddie Guerrero, you had Chris Benoit, you had some of the greatest people ever to lace up a pair of boots um, and he was there driving the creative behind it at the time. So obviously expect some good stuff, let's face it. Uh, yeah, so um, <clears throat> That's my Dave, Meltzer being, <laughs> Dave Meltzer being Dave Meltzer has weighed in on this entire situation. And I'm going to read you, going to read you a direct quote here. Um, so the Bruce thing is interesting, though. Again, Bruce is really knowledgeable about his era of wrestling. You know, he really is. He has been around for a long, long time basically just calling him old there. Um, obviously, he knows how to talk to Vince. He really shows m- to me that bringing Bruce back shows Vince is looking for the past. I'm not saying that Bruce is outdated. I'm saying that Vince is. And you can obviously see that it's not a secret that Vince is frustrated about the attendance numbers. He's not frustrated about the company. The company's doing phenomenally. I couldn't be doing better. It's doing the best it has in history. But as far as getting, you know, know connecting with the fans it's really not in a terrible level because if you go back to 1993 to 1995 that period it was so much worse people will compare it to wcw this isn't even there's stuff that doesn't hit but this isn't close to wcw even though raw is a chore it's a real 
chore to watch every week. So Vince is looking, and I think there's a thing with older people that you, and it's a trap because when things aren't going good, you start thinking, we need to do it like we used to do it when we were doing good. There are lessons from that period. I think he's just looking for Vince has his own ideas, and even though you change with the times and you get new ideas, he hasn't changed like Triple H has. Well, that's a bit of a fucking mouthful, Dave. Um, really is a bit of a mouthful. Well, but I mean, he's essentially saying that Vince is looking for a yes man. That's a very strong opinion on it, isn't it? Really? Uh, yeah. He's basically saying that Vin the um, Triple H is driving the product forward, and Bruce um, will hold it back. How? Yeah, he will hold it back um, to Vince McMahon's liking. I think that does. Does this sound like the words of somebody who's just working for a future competitor, perhaps? Because I mean, I know that he, there is that AEW connection there with Dave Meltzer. Is that correct? The unpaid consultant. Yeah, the unpaid consultant. It's um, Dave strange how. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, he's going to yeah. trash the competition to make the company that he's potentially not being paid to work for apparently look better. Mm. And we're going to see that a lot in his stuff. Yeah, I mean, Dave Meltzer's has always, always taken no kind of prisoners when it's come to WWE. Um, as we know, he's he's obviously always been a bit of a. Um, anti-WWE spokesperson or not always but many many a time he has preferred say the Tokyo Dome matches um, All Japan Pro Wrestling um, New Japan Pro Wrestling during that golden era and not necessarily had that much of a um, soft spot for Vince McMahon at times Okay, so that's my opinion for the day. Um, so, oh, so Jay, good. tell me about what happened on Raw. <laughs> Stuff happened on Raw. There we go. Let's move on. Uh, no, nah, what happened on Raw last week? We had like four call-ups. They haven't decided which which brand they're going to be on because it's on SmackDown as well. Uh, we had DIY. We're going to call them DIY because that's what they're being portrayed as at the moment on on the main roster. They're forgetting the whole story from NXT at the moment, which is very annoying. Um, because Tommaso Ciampa is not a face. He is a heel. And you have Johnny Gargano as a bit of a tweener who's confused about where it's going to go. Which side is he on? Yeah. In his mind, basically. Is he going to go evil? Is he not going to go evil? That's just been completely ignored on the main roster, which is really, really, really annoying. Um, we also had um, Alistair Black and also Ricochet as well. That was the main oh, yeah. thing about last week's Raw. Um, Alistair Black faced Elias. It wasn't a squash match, but Alistair Black did what he normally does, and we had a black mass out of nowhere, and that seems to be where they're moving with that move. Nice. I mean, I've heard that the reactions were very strong and very positive in regards to this. Um, there was a report coming out of... Um, well, I saw it in the Daily Star, but I think it was probably originating from somewhere a bit more reputable that Triple H wasn't aware of um, these call-ups until they actually happened. What are your thoughts on that? Calling bullshit. Calling bullshit. Yeah, I am as well. Of course he knew. He's the CFO. He's the CFO. Is he? CFO. 
But isn't he yeah, the um, I thought he was. executive vice president of talent relations and also of running NXT? Oh, okay. So what we're saying is Vince put a big old blanket over them and managed to drive them all the way from the performance center <laughs> <laughs> to somewhere completely no. obscure. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I'm sure Vince had no idea. Yeah. No, Triple H had no idea. Yeah, Sean was just like, no, I didn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> they were here a second ago. I'm not quite sure where they've gone. Moving on, um, Ty Tillinger and TJ Perkins I don't have know. been we released this week. Ricochet. We didn't cover Ricochet. Oh, tell me about Ricochet. Tell me how he did, because I hear that he... Um, did he team with Finn Balor? Finn Balor, that's right. Because um, they're, they're buddies from Japan. He did a run-in for him and saved him from Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. Phenomenal tag team match. It was better than anything that was on Elimination Chamber due tag team matches, in my opinion. But the story here is there's a potential Ricochet versus Finn Balor match in the works for the IC Championship. Ricochet versus Finn Balor. That yeah. is going to be one hell of a match if that happens. Um, did they, I mean, they they did meet several times in New Japan Pro Wrestling, I believe. Um, I think they were they um, shared a bracket in one of the Super J Cups, but I'm just going to have to research that at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited to find out where that goes. <laughs> Because I would be very, very favourable towards a Finn Balor ricochet match. Yes, that would be a, a mid-course show stealer. Let's face oh, it, yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it would just, it just completely destroy the show. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you on that. I um, love Finn Balor. I love what he's been doing. Um, and I think... Do you think there's a possibility of a demon heel turn? I I want that so bad. <laughs> I I would absolutely love an almost corruption style storyline because I mean obviously Ricochet has this superhero kind of gimmick going off at the moment, yeah? That's right. And what better to do than make Finn Balor the villain with the demon? Yeah, exactly. And you could even pull into that um, an unwilling demon element. Um, ricochet, what you could get is Ricochet winning the title, but him not being satisfied with the victory over Happy Smiley Finn Balor and him demanding to see Finn Balor's dark side. And this could go on for weeks upon weeks until Finn Balor finally reveals himself as the demon at SummerSlam. That has legs as far as i'm concerned what 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 do you think to that just as a kind of off-the-cuff fantasy booking oh no that does have legs oh, no, but if um, wwe are going to do it they'll only drag it out to wrestlemania yeah no you're probably <laughs> right they <laughs> their goldfish memory does reset after wrestlemania anything before that never happened, before that never happened. obviously yeah no of course goldfish explain uh, goldfish um, there we go <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so, um, did you get a chance to watch NXT this week? I did, actually. But yeah. before we get to NXT, <laughs> Ooh, I mean, we, should, we should talk about uh, DOI beating both tag team champions on Raw and SmackDown ah. and potential versus the rival at Fastlane. 
Yeah, how do you think that would that would come about? Because, I mean, obviously, if they've beaten both of the tag team champions, could this be a case of simply Vince McMahon gives them an opportunity against the tag team of their choosing? They seem to really like doing that during WrestleMania season, after all. Yeah, but what I want to see is someone turn, turn on each other and bring that storyline back to the, to the main roster. Because at NXT, there's, there's a rumor saying it's going to be um, Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship. And maybe that's why uh, Johnny dropped the um, North American Championship so quickly. So. Yeah, I mean, um, it's still salvageable. Having watched NXT this week um, and certainly looking at how... Um, Tommaso Ciampa, I mean, obviously it's pre-recorded. It was, it, by the looks of NXT, it was pre-recorded at the, um, what would you call it? The, um, N- uh, the Access. Um, oh no, that was, that was NXT UK. Um, but no, it was certainly pre-recorded, um, definitely before they made their main roster debut, as it were. Um, yeah, no, it was recorded at least, what, two, three? There, were, there was, yeah, yeah, there was this section where they... Where Johnny Gorgano was given an interview with his wife. Um, what was her name? Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae, that's it. It was on is the that, is that song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a callback. That is a callback and a half. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> Were we talking about um, when When did that happen? Was that episode five? Yeah, I know loads of women's wrestlers, but. On the spot, I was like, um, <laughs> who are these wrestlers again? <laughs> okay, that's another pound. I owe Jay six pounds. Six whole pounds. Every, t- <laughs> every time I forget a female wrestler on this show, Jay gets a shiny new penny. Oh, This is yeah. a way to teach me. This is a learning tool, ladies and gentlemen. Um, please use our message box. Please do not ask me directly questions about women's wrestlers because I will end up broke. Um, I, I love what's happening with female wrestlers. I love all of the different people and their impression of Harley Quinn um, because it's a great way of getting yourself over. I mean, there's at least four Harley Quinns on the roster now. Um, Candice LeRae doesn't appear to be one of them. She is not. Going going back to the subject at hand, of course. um, So... Tomasa Champa was stood to the side as Johnny Gargano gave an interview and then said, if you need me, I'm here. And Johnny Gargano um, refused the offer. Um, I feel that that is certainly in keeping with the idea of DIY, DIY being on the main roster and beating champions. Um providing there is some form of crossover in the NXT storyline at some point to acknowledge it. Um, if Johnny Gargano and... For instance, a good example would be um, Vince McMahon directly telling them he doesn't want Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gorgano. He wants DIY. Um, that could easily explain this away. If they had the TV time, they would have already done that, I feel. Um, but of course, everything's kind of yeah, evolving. That's, that's, door just, that's just Vince ignoring the storylines that are happening under his own company. It doesn't make any sense. No, but if Vince McMahon directly told the character of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa before they actually went out there, WWE main roster does not want Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. They want to see DIY. Then they could inject that storyline into the main product by having two conflicted individuals wrestle for their future whilst simultaneously hating each other and becoming begrudging yeah. champions together on um, that I mean, to me 
could add a layer of depth. You don't. You just so. don't like the feud being ignored, do you? No, I don't. Um, I mean, they're not acknowledged. Acknowledged that they've got to acknowledge that Vince is saying that on TV for it to make sense. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they had the same problem a couple of weeks ago with um, uh, what was what was the Becky Lynch and her injury storyline. They never once on TV actually acknowledged the reason that she was avoiding getting um, getting looked at by a WWE doctor was that she may not um, be able to compete if she does. So. Um, yeah, uh, they they could have mentioned that on screen. They didn't, and for a casual fan at least, which is apparently Raw's demographic now, that could actually end up being quite confusing to them. Totally agree. Totally agree, Rich. Agreeing with you. <laughs> ah, excellent, excellent, excellent. I'm glad excellent. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it sounds like you're somewhere. Somewhere interesting. Oh, I'm just walking my hallway. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. That's a relief. That's a relief. I um, Look, Jason and was worried there for a second. Walking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good job that we don't portray this podcast via video, isn't it? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. So that was um, to ma- that was last week on Raw, mm. um, and SmackDown as well. Did Alistair Black? Who, he fought Andreas Cianelmo. He he sp- He fought Andrade, didn't he? Yeah, no, that's, that's just his name now. There's no other names. So yeah, just thank God. And Ricochet beat Eric Young. Beat Eric Young. What a waste of talent, Eric Young. What a waste of talent, Eric Young. Which one's he? Sanity. Sanity. Oh, okay. Um, who's the waste of talent, Ricochet or Eric? Eric Young. This guy's got always had tons of potential. His heel persona in TNA was off the chain, as as people say. That was <laughs> when he was. Fighting in the X division, I believe, wasn't it? He was a X division champion. Oh, you moved up to, to the world, to the heavyweight division by then. When um, he moved up to the heavyweight division by then, when he was at the um, Bearded Terror. Oh, okay, fair play. Oh yes, I remember seeing pictures of him now. Which is um, the character they used in NXT, but with Sanity and kind of. Try to refine it, but I, I liked it when it wasn't too refined. Yeah, you liked you liked it slightly more vague. Yeah, yeah, he was a bit more Smash Mouth as well. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a bit more sense. So, um, yeah, so it was a waste of talent um, in regards to that. What else happened with the main roster um, beyond obviously the call-ups? Uh, Ruby Riot finally got some time with Ronda Rousey and had a really good match. <laughs> oh, fair play, fair play, bless her. Um, I. She sold I like a boss again. 
she does have that ability, doesn't she? Um, I'm, I'm worried with a character like that. She's got a very distinct character. Um, she could easily be that kind of reliable heel. Um, however, you know what Vince McMahon's like um, when he gets somebody who's a good worker um, and can bump really well. You end up with a with a Finn Balor, um, for instance, or at least a Finn Balor of yesteryear, of last year. Or, or for instance, a, another example, Dolph Ziggler, Mr. Perfect, um, stretching all the way all the way back to say Hercules um, who could sell like a motherfucker at times Junkyard Dog that's another one um, who could sell like a motherfucker never got anywhere um, although there's probably other reasons behind that um, yeah slander everyone slander everyone <laughs> I don't care <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a glass of wine in I don't care I'm, I'm quite happy to go there <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it right now, Rich. Yeah, we are. We are. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've got to think. Um, that's all I've got in regards to thoughts this week. Um, in regards to, well, I haven't actually watched that much wrestling. I have set up so many, um, so many interesting things um, around this podcast that I haven't actually had as much time as I'd hoped. Um, if I'm utterly honest. So you've been watching um, lots of independent Should stuff have. as well, I believe, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. But I want to mention, obviously, Kofi's going to um, Fastlane now to face Daniel Bryan mm. as well. So we missed that. Is he? You know, we, we could have come back. <laughs> oh, okay. No, that's cool. It's cool. So um, Kofi versus Daniel Bryan. I'm still as betting Kofi on got my... the pin in the... Six man tag. Ah, I see. I'm still betting on my um, bet about Big E. Yeah, I'm so angry about what you said. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I it's... when you said it, I was like, what? It's so true, crazy? Though, isn't it? It is so true. He is this so sound like something he would do. Yeah, he is so going to do it. I I genuinely hope that doesn't happen. Do, do but... you guarantee it? I guarantee that Vince has thought of it. I can say that much. I mean, I don't know the man personally, but I can see him like if if he's going to put that strap, and I'm going to call it a strap because fuck you, Vince McMahon, in your corporate language policy. Um, if he's going to put the WWE strap on a African American performer, he is going to go for a big one. Because Vince McMahon, thinking like Vince McMahon we'll see whoever ends up with that strap as the first African-American WWE champion, he will be seeing them on billboards in 10 years' time. And he won't want someone like Kofi Kingston to be standing next to the likes of Triple H or um, some of the larger kind of characters who have held that title. He won't. He simply will not allow that to happen. Um, he would rather have someone like Big E. No, it still makes me angry. I still don't agree with you. I I don't want it to happen. I'm not. I'm just saying that is what I think could happen. What's going to happen? What him and Xavier would do? Rock paper scissors, and then he goes out and faces Daniel Bryan and wins. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, you I, can eat the most pancakes. Yeah, there's going to be a pancake eating contest. <laughs> oh. To find out who faces Daniel Bryan. I don't know. I don't know. If if WWE have their ear to, finger on the pulse, then they will understand why this Kofi Kingston thing is so important. Um, 
and it is because of the the moment where Kofi Kingston mouths the words 11 years to himself in the middle of the ring just as a pinfall is missed. It is that moment where the reality of Kofi Kingston's situation as a performer bleeds into the reality of his situation of a character. That is what makes great television as far as wrestling is concerned and that's what Vince McMahon should follow much like he allowed to happen with CM Punk, much like he allowed to happen to some degree with the Bret Hart and um, Shawn Michaels angle. However, I have a feeling that with him being such a control freak and him wanting to control this product so much in the modern era that he will allow that kind of guaranteed money to slip away in order to fulfill his need for big sweaty men. So they could sell, they could sell even more merch for New Day if, if Kofi Kingston was champion. Well, yeah, I mean that's how he's got to look at it. But the thing is, if Kofi Kingston becomes a champion, for other elements as well of it are that WWE has never had a non-traditional comedy-based champion for longer than about four minutes. Um, yeah, but when Kofi's in the ring, he's not. He's not a comedy character anymore. He is a serious. Well, coach. yeah, it is exactly that moment where he does where he does turn into the real life performer rather than being the rather than being the character. Um, but I can see Vince McMahon smelling that feud a mile off, um, that potential break away from the New Day and becoming his own thing. And I could very very much see a resurgence of the old SOS theme and the Kofi Kingston we all remember from the old days um, breaking away from the New Day, um, which also would not be good. I say keep them together and then make them implode a bit down the line and have a triple threat because that's never been done before. Um, yeah, no, of course that would be the that would be the ironically predictable, never been done before kind of way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you solve a problem like Kofi Kingston? Um, I've heard that the overall kind of idea as to what they're going to be doing with this entire storyline is still open and still up in the air um, because they are just... Give him a fake injury, keep him off TV for two months, bring him back and everyone's forgotten about him. That would be even worse than the E angle. That's, how, that's, that's, that's kind of how you bury him. Oh yeah, of course, that is that is how you bury him. I mean, you know, they could always just do the Rusev thing and just pretend it never happened, like the whole Rusev day thing. I mean, yeah, and then put him in a tag team with someone who he was facing two seconds ago. Of course, ironically, this another way to talent Shinsuke and also Rusev. But yeah, it's strange how this. We're in the new era now. Everyone's getting a chance. Everyone's getting a chance except T.J. Perkins. The first cruiserweight champion. Well, how do you, how does that end up happening? I mean, surely when WWE has a, I'm surely, I'm surely someone got some kind of injury and they just chose him. Yeah, um, to be the champion. Yeah, I believe it was Cedric Alexander. At the time. 
Although, actually, I may actually be remembering that from um, from when you previously well, said it on an unaired <laughs> podcast that we recorded and then never aired. So uh, that's yeah. the only problem with us not being always the most informed pair of opinion makers. But, sometimes I sometimes I was wrong. It was definitely someone else because Cedric Alexander lost halfway through the new and then he got signed. Oh yes, he did. He did. Well, then it's a good job we didn't air that episode. <laughs> and now everybody knows. <laughs> it's okay, I'll edit it out. Or I won't. <laughs> well, I'll find out <laughs> when, he, when, he, when he drops. Uh, yes, you will. Um, <laughs> so how are you finding this whole podcast thing then, Jay? How are you finding your newfound podcast fame? <laughs> <laughs> We've got 17 listeners. Ben uh, Zero. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. But we are on the cusp of something like an 18. 18? <laughs> you know. Maybe I mean, a 19. Yeah, 19 and a half. It depends whether we both actually listen to this when it drops. So I suppose it's that. Uh, so we've got that. That is in the bag. Um, have you watched any of um, On Arising? I haven't, but we didn't talk about Ty Dillinger. Oh, Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger. Of course, I've just spent forty-five. I've just spent forty-five minutes throwing together a ridiculously silly intro for him. So. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I, I don't know if I made my statement clear. I like the intro. That was really good. Oh, thank you. I don't know if I made my intention clear, but I think he should join the villain club. Ooh. Yeah. 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 No, that would be so much better. Yeah. But uh, you do realise Marty Squirrel's um, ex- um, contract expires in May for Ring of Honor. Yeah, I... I could and see him going. I don't see him to, yeah, I could see him going to um, WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course, he's going to AEW. There's no, there's no two ways about it. I'm going to AEW as well. Yeah, no, I heard. I heard that um, you. I heard that they recently signed you, Solid Snake from um, Metal Gear Solid. Yep, and Charizard. So. Well, come on, work out for me there, and I. You certainly have, especially if he brings <laughs> that dastardly Pokemon trainer. What's his name? Pokemon trainer. <laughs> nah, genuinely. Pokemon, in, Pokemon trainer number one. In Smash Brothers, he is called Pokemon trainer. Awesome. Obviously, got the copyrights there. Yeah, there's some weird things about what which characters they can and can't use. Um, when it's a Nintendo thing, like half of the monsters are owned by Nintendo, but half of them aren't. And there's like it's a it's a three way it's a, it's a big old clusterfuck. Like that time when Gangrel had to be the copyright of himself on all the WWE games in the nineties because he owned his own copyright because he was Gangrel. Were you aware of the that? vampire? Yeah. No, I was not not aware of yeah, that. Yeah, like Hulk Hogan, Gangrel owned his own copyright. That's um, some interesting stuff. There were Gangrel comics. What? <laughs> Genuinely, Gangrel was a comic book character that WWE inserted into 
um, their product in the 90s that no one knew was a comic book character because obviously was more successful than the WWE. Was it just sacrifice after sacrifice? Well, I assume so. I mean, he practically sacrificed his career. Blood, so. <laughs> so, should we talk about Ty Dillinger? We should talk about Ty Dillinger. Should we have a soft break before? If you want. Well, first, what I've got to do is I've got to turn on the right channel in order for that to happen. So we're just going to go to a soft break. Um, so you guys enjoy the soft break. Hey guys, it's Rich here from JFabe, just interrupting the regular show to remind you of how you can get in touch with us over this vital WrestleMania season. We are available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. If you contact us via Anchor, we have a message box where you can leave a message. We are currently 100% ad-free while I build the infrastructure to ensure we give you guys the best listening experience week in, week out for as long as we can. Jay is manning the podcast on Twitter. That is JFabe Podcast. That's at JFabe Podcast. That's at J-F-A-B-E Podcast. I am Rich JFabe on Twitter or at R-J-F-A-B-E. If you like us, please feel free to let us know through Twitter, Facebook, or leave us a message on Anchor. We don't mind. Please keep an eye out as we will be announcing our YouTube highlights channel where you can hear short clips of some of our podcast best bits over the rest of WrestleMania season, along with some exclusive content that we certainly couldn't release in a full-on episode. So you will you will hear all sorts on there. We'll be dropping shows on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT as we build towards our WrestleMania Access Week. We're looking to increase our output after our exclusive Fastlane special to be released at midnight on Monday the 11th of March. That is 12 a.m. GMT, 7 p.m. Eastern. So if you're in the US, don't have the network, you will be able to hear all about it before you even get home from work. Please keep an ear out for that episode too, as Monday the 11th of March we will be announcing our Road to WrestleMania schedule. We'll be increasing episodes, trying to give you everything we can in the run-up to WrestleMania weekend, so there will be at least two shows weekly, plus a one-shot shorter episode if there is any breaking news that we just have to talk about. But that's not all. Because it's one of the more pay-per-views, WrestleMania weekend is traditionally where myself and Jay will be absconding to our secret bunker in order to drink and party. And this year, we'll be inviting you to join us. Just in time for NXT TakeOver on Friday the 5th of April, we will drop a post-show on the 6th. On the 7th, we will be covering ROH NJPW Super Show at Madison Square Garden. That caused many a monocle to be dropped in Kansas Sweet Sweet McManchuna when it sold out in less than an hour late last year as well as all the speculation and last-minute rumour and innuendo going into the big event. But wait, that's not all. On Monday, the 8th of April, we'll be dropping our WrestleMania post-show podcast where we will go match-by-match, horrible segment through horrible segment through everything we can. We hope you can join us for the party. We're going to be drinking. I'm not going to be able to edit out any of our libels, so whatever we say on WrestleMania weekend will remain said. We hope you can join us. It's going to be one hell of a time. Now back to the JFabe conversation. Thank you for listening. So that's what a break sounds like. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you'd like that. Thought you'd like that. <laughs> so yeah, that's our advertising sorted up until WrestleMania now.
Um, so cool. Yeah, just throw that halfway through a, for an episode like this one that everyone's listening to right now. Ty Dillinger. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to talk about with Ty Dillinger? Do you think he was? I've heard that Ty. I can call him Ty. We're on a first name basis. Um, I thought so. Yeah, you know, I, I make that kind of obvious. I do. I do kind of name drop him all the time. Um, so when me and Ty were just having a bit of a tech, it's his, his real name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is that is. Either that, or he won't let me know his real name. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Ty were having a little tet-a-tet. Um, I heard that, actually, no, I don't talk to Ty Dillinger. I didn't know where that was going. I really shouldn't have drunk that second glass of wine. So, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this Ty Dillinger release? Um, I heard that he asked for his release. Best thing for him, I think. He's not being used. He's just sat there in the back doing nothing, came in a paycheck, and... He doesn't like it, so he's asked for his lease and off he goes. What does the future hold for Ty Dillinger? Um, I mean, obviously, I mentioned I mentioned that I would like to see him as a major heel in the villain club, um, but pretty much I feel that he'd be a great heel anyway. Um, I don't see being a heel straight off. If he does go to All Elite Wrestling, he's definitely going to be a face. Uh, obviously, because Cody Rhodes told him he would give him all the resources that he needs. Hmm. So, I, see, this is the one problem. Tempting. This is the one problem. All with the resources the, um, and all the money. All the money. You reckon? Don't forget about the money. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, he's going to give him the same that he gives Kenny Omega, obviously. Um, and the women. Well, yeah. Yeah, he, he has a lot of money. Um, speaking of a lot of money... Tony Khan was on um, Chris Jericho's podcast a few weeks ago, and um, it, he actually comes across quite well, um, much to my much to my chagrin. Um, I, I want to touch on that a bit later, um, but back to Ty Dillinger. This is the problem with the NXT Performance Center model: um, is that you end up having a wrestler who is ready to get over, he is ready to move over to the main roster like Ty Dillinger was because Ty Dillinger coming in at number 10 at the Royal Rumble, that guy was fucking over. Was he not? He was more than over, but, you know. Yeah, he was. This is like, yeah, he was, I don't like that guy. I, I know why it is. I mean, we all know why it is. The fans ruined Ty Dillinger. It's Canadian. <laughs> Fans don't cheer for a Canadian. <laughs> um, no, I mean, obviously, there's the Chris Jericho effect. I mean, there can only be one great Canadian in the WWE at any one time, but now would be the perfect time for Ty Dillinger to flourish, obviously. But more to the point, Vince McMahon didn't like the 10-10-10. He liked the countdown and the... That's my thoughts. So he should have been the perfect countdown. Well... No, well, yeah, yeah, he should, be, he should have been the perfect 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Obviously. That would have been a very annoying gimmick, but yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, so was 10, but it got over. But it's like if someone was called One Full Johnson. <laughs> you know, Vince McMahon would not allow them to would not allow them to call him One Fall Johnson because, of course, every time he shouted One Fall, everyone would go One Fall, One Fall, exactly. And Vince McMahon doesn't let us have nice things. 
Do do you think that's a fair interpretation? I reckon that is entirely the reason why Vince McMahon didn't use him for over a year was because he wanted to kill the 10 thing. But I thought we were the authority now. We are. And (laughs) since we no longer chant 10, because we haven't seen the perfect 10 Chai Dillinger in as long as some people's kids have been watching wrestling at this stage... (laughs) You know, um, we're obviously telling him that we don't want to see him. But everyone still chants CM Punk. Well, yeah, we're not that authority, authoritative. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, WWE are never throwing a boatload of money again over that guy again. Probably not. Nope. Face it. So, so, Ty Dillinger. <laughs> come on. Give me some opinions on Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger doesn't have a main event skill set. He's a good mid- top mid-carder, the best. Yeah, I think I think that's probably That's my fair. thought. I think that's probably fair. I think, honestly speaking about Ty Dillinger, he was never given a chance to be a top carder. I think... There is the possibility that had he had been given that chance on the main roster, then he could have revealed a, a level at which he could go that he didn't necessarily um, show in NXT while he was there. However, there is always a risk that he's going to end up as another Dolph Ziggler, and you only need one Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, but within NXT, again, like Baron Corbin, he was taken to the main roster too soon. Mm-hmm. Are you um so do you think that AEW will take Ty Dillinger and if so do you think that he will be a um he will be an asset to the company or do you think he will um or do you think that he will be a solid worker for the company but never really in that main event state I I think you've already answered that question pretty much but I have yeah yeah Fair if they if they, if they end up with a mid card title they will probably get the mid card title at some point like thanks for coming here's a title and then they'll just drop him Mm. that's fair there's all your resources bye no that's that makes sense that'll be it in-depth conversation with that one yeah no i think that's i think that's fair um were you aware of randy orton's conversation this week with um with Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder, yeah. Yeah, that was... Um, so, for those... You're an elite worker, is what you said. Yeah, for those of you listening at home, um, so Randy Orton recently posted a video of himself doing a WWE video shoot. He said, another day at the office. A lot of people like this video tease, but Zack Ryder had a different kind of comment. Ryder replied saying, they never asked me to do these shoots. Congrats, man. Um, Randy Orton then replied, quote... Their end quote loss, Broski. I'm sure someone will recognize your talents one day. Always considered you to be a very elite worker. No pun intended, obviously. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's Randy Orton. You never know. Um, but he could be totally. He's been deaf. in talks with uh, all elite um, pro wrestling. Is he going to be like some kind of snake that gets them to move over? Like. His character. What, like, 
pot. Are you talking? Are you talking <laughs> like, cross-brand mole being um, being? Yeah. Randy Orton. <laughs> exactly. Why not? Gets paid for it. Hmm. And then he gets to work for five minutes and gets paid for that as well. Fair play. Fair play. <laughs> well. That scene. He shits in bags. He does shit so. in bags. He shits in bags. <laughs> he shits That's... in bags, so why not shit on the company he works for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. <laughs> right then, it is time for the stupid YouTube guy of the week. Never using that again. <laughs> that was really really annoying so um nine hours ago a youtube user called posted spoilers on two wwe hall of fame 2019 inductees um honky tonk man that i can believe and apparently taz taz tumbleweed no no taz was great in ECW. Love Taz in ECW. Do you um, see him as Hall of Fame material, considering that he spent the last ten years slagging off the WWE? Probably not. But no. he was a really good commentator for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know he followed Taz Show on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> We're here live on SmackDown with Taz. Ooh, he hit him with something. Ooh, I'm Taz. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't kill me. He probably could. Yeah, I know. Probably from there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to be bleeping out his name um, when I do that. But um, anybody who wants to listen to out for that, they can they can find that. Um, I I 100%. All right, let's put it this way: if it ends up in the Hall of Fame 2019, I will do a solo podcast live of the entire fucking show um, as penance. Which show? The Hall of Fame ceremony this year. Oh, okay. Well, you you can do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't really want to. But that is how. That is how. 100% I do not expect I'm not watching the Hall of Fame ceremony because Taz is not going in the Hall of Fame frame by frame yeah frame by frame <laughs> well, how else am I going to watch it that's how television works you got to describe it frame by frame <laughs> okay so in frame 2047 we are still on the signature at the start of the show there is a tiny little glimmer just appearing just be just next to the M and I can see that the the audience are fading into view slightly. I can see at least three faces as the Hall of Fame wipe comes in. And now on frame 2076, I can indeed see that that idiot Kevin Dunn has left the word replay in the bottom right hand corner even though there are no replays at the Hall of Fame because it's a struggle to get anyone to watch it once. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to that. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, no, that would be fairly good. Um, yeah, no. So that's that's my thoughts on what's going on in wrestling at the moment. 
Um, so you haven't seen any of Honor Rising. You have been watching um, things that you shouldn't be watching or that you think you shouldn't be watching, even though you're on a wrestling podcast. You're like, oh, I shouldn't watch that wrestling. I should watch this wrestling. What wrestling have you watched? I watched... So you said uh, Defiant. Yeah, no, I watched one match from Defiant. David Starr. If, if you guys know who David Starr is, I'm sure you do. Um, I don't know who David Starr is, so please explain to yes, me. Yes, you do. We saw him at New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, okay. Which one was he? He, he was the one Jewish, who wasn't for a New Japan. He's, he's, he's the Jewish-American um, guy. Uh, Jewish-American guy. He comes down to the ring, uh, mouthing his own entrance that the um, announcer is doing, and he runs around the ring with his hands in the air, and he spins around when he gets in. David Starr. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to search him up on Google. As soon as you let's, see him, you know exactly who he is. He was a standout on New Japan Pro Wrestling when we saw it. Um, David Star. Um, I've got I've got the star of David now. Um, David Star. Well, um, it's kind of impact, you know a Jewish um, thing, isn't it? So he's calling himself David Star. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. I've just realised the pun just when I just when I looked at that, um, which shows how crap I am. Um, let's have a look. Oh, it's like if Johnny Gorgano um, fucked Finn Balor and a Jewish guy came out. Well, anyway, he's got really good technical skills. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Um, I will and have to watch his match at Red Pro again. So. More than over in the UK. Mm, fair play, fair play. Um, speaking of the UK, have you been watching UK NXT? I have. Last week. Have you you watched it last <laughs> week? Well, this week you are in for an absolute treat because they are live from four weeks ago at WrestleMania. Uh, sorry, Royal Rumble Access. Yes, they are. Yes, it is. Um... Oh, and they're also going to be a download filming their um, weekly show there as well. That's Download Festival in um, Donington, I believe, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> Say as if I've never been several times. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the benefit of our listeners, that's in Donington, I believe. I think we need to get out there, mate. That's a we, small, we need to, um, small little hamlet. Take the podcast on the road. So you can donate to our Patreon <laughs> in order to get us to go to download. No, no, no. We haven't got a Patreon. I'm just joking. If we did have a Patreon, I would use it to pay for a better VoIP server and some nice mics. <sighs> should totally get on that. We should definitely so, uh, probably get on that. Well, since we're keeping it a bit local... Um, are you aware of this month's Left Lion magazine coming out of Nottingham? I am not. Well, what is the okay, um, so, news um, in there, Rich? Well, the story in there, the cover story, is um, on House of Pain Wrestling. Okay. It's a story by um, Chaz Wright and friend of the show, David Seven, who once took pictures for a film that I did with um, one of my old buddies. Um and it is a it is a fairly good article about the history of wrestling in Nottinghamshire, um, which is really something quite 
Yeah, um, I mean, give you some quotes in there. Um, so it mentions, obviously, House of Pain alumni Joseph Connors, who now performs with WWE, mm -hmm. and Gabriel Kidd had a good run on ITV's um, World of Sport. Both will surely be big stars. Connors, House of Pain is run... Joseph Connors also a trained, is a trainer at House of Pain as well. Um, I'm not sure if he's co-owner um, or not, but I'm pretty sure he has something. He's definitely a trainer there. I've, I, saw, I saw a House of Pain show... Um, a couple of months ago, actually, um, in a small hamlet outside of Not outside of Nottingham, um, known as Hucknall. Um, <laughs> did I did I paint a nice picture of yeah. it? Yeah, good. Um, I'm going to keep it that way. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, no, I saw it there, and it was in an old working man's club. Um, they were really over with the local crowd. They were very, very much so. Um, it goes on to say that House of Pain is run by Paul Sticks, who is proud of how much the scene has grown locally, um, and he's looking to um, expand, and his crowds are getting bigger. Um, it then continues on. It goes back to um, earlier on. It goes on to... Um, where are we? Sir Thomas Parkin, um, who was um, named the wrestling baronet of Bunny. Um, he was an affluent landowner Hello. who built swathes of Nottingham suburbs while promoting his beloved Cornage Hug Wrestling. Um, so it's it's a very, very good article um, that kind of explains all that. It's available um, online, but I, I was just surprised that it's getting that mainstream attraction um, in that there's, you know, obviously articles about it in our local news at the moment. So, yeah, just thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, they're located near the Queen's Medical Centre, if anyone didn't know. I believe they're always taking um, on new students, yeah. Oh, fair play, fair play. Um, it also mentions WrestleGate Pro, which recently opened in Nottingham as well. So, it did. Um, it, lots it, of interest in it, Rich? There. We've been meaning to go. We were supposed <laughs> to go um, during Royal Rumble weekend. And um, for one reason or the other, mostly the fact that um, I had traveled halfway across the city in order to get drunk with you, I didn't really feel like going out again that night. Um, and I think you were about the same, weren't you? Yeah, no, I was I was happy just um, watching NXT and Royal Rumble that weekend. So, apparently we'll we, we, miss, we missed time, a though. good show. Apparently, really. Yeah. Um, I know that um, Jordan Devlin was there. Apparently, we missed a good show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that good in inverted commas or was it a really good show? No, apparently um, it's a really good show. They're coming back in March, I believe. Uh, Fantastic. Actually, I think it's we coming should, up. Actually, I think it's coming up um, pretty soon. On... We should see if we can. We should see if we can get involved. Yeah. Um, that looks like it'd be an interesting. There's, thing. there's a promotion um, for you, yeah. Dragon, Dragon Gate, WrestleGate. Yeah, yeah I mean, different promotion. <laughs> yeah, it's WrestleGate. <laughs> but yeah, it's um. Interesting stuff anyway. Um, as I say, that's Left Lion. If you do happen to live in the Nottingham area, pick it up. There is a four-page... There is a two-page... Well, there's actually a four-page spread. However, there's um, two pages of really good pho photography um, by um, the photographer who took pictures of it. Um, and it's just a really good article. Definitely something to read on a bus. I love buses. <laughs> we are on Bus Talk Podcast. <laughs> I like how they get you places. Uh, so what's the plan for the rest of the week? 
we shall probably do a catch-up show at some point. Um, Jay? Oh, no, we're gonna, I'm going to watch Raw tomorrow. So you're going to watch Raw tomorrow. Mm. Um, I am probably going to watch Honor Rising um, because, if I'm totally honest, that's more my bag. Um, oh, and if anyone to... hasn't checked out Impact versus um, Pro Wrestling, it's called Pro Wrestling. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called on Twitch. Check it out. It's just really, really good. I'm sure, actually. I was that's really surprised. T- that's... Oh, tell me about that. Um, so Pro Wrestling, is that the name of um, is that the name of a fed or...? It seems to be what the name of the promotion is. It's pro wrestling, apparently. Okay. And I don't know how they got away Just with that. Like, well, um, I mean, technically, it wouldn't fall under copyright if no one else has used it to be a pro wrestling company. I guess so, but it was in New York, so maybe they've um, put their borough on there to... Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of a distant relative of the whole Philadelphia connection, mm. isn't it? Um, as far as I'm aware, because I mean Tommy Dreamer was there, and Tommy Dreamer does not travel anywhere south of than Chicago, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> he's um, part of creative now, or even head of creative for Impact Wrestling with um, Raven, and also that other guy. Oh yeah, um, I know that other guy. I saw. I once saw him fight Stephen. Um, Stephen, sorry, Timothy. Well, of well done. Great. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see. I, I don't know who that is. Um, so I'm I just, forgot, I'm just I've forgotten the third person, but they do have a three-man creative team. Okay. Um, so, is it worth me getting into Impact or not? Because, I, I, mean, I, I think. Big... I think it is something you should probably get on board with. They've got some really good wrestlers on there. But I mean, is this going to be that Lucha Underground thing where and they have like, Don Callis um, as well? You know, why not? I do. I, I do like a good bit of Don. Um, we can hear him all the I, way I, throughout I the show with Josh Matthews on commentary. Oh, that's where Josh Matthews went. Yeah. Hmm. You know, here's the thing. I actually watched um, like four or five episodes of Impact when I um, when I recently moved. I should know I recently moved um, to an undisclosed location, and <laughs> <laughs> and um, th- this location has a TV license. So I thought I grab um, I grab Channel Five, um, which for those of you listening overseas, I know there's a lot of you, is um, what carries TNA over here. It is a uh, sorry Impact. You always correct me. Thank you. Um, and it's a terrestrial channel that has a catch-up service not dissimilar to um, BBC's iPlay service or HBO Go. And um, I watched five episodes, and I completely forgot that Josh Matthews was the commentator. That's how wow. absolutely blind to him I am. He is like... I don't know if you ever saw. I don't know if you ever saw Doctor Who when he fought the Master and he had a perception filter in his key um, that that forced that forced anyone who was looking same at his thing, TARDIS same to. Thing. Yeah, same thing. He <laughs> has a perception. I think he has a perception filter hidden in his shirt. I like Josh Matthews. I think I mean, he's a commentator. He can carry a show by himself, and he's done it a few times on Impact. Well, yeah. I mean, but he's no Jerry Styles. But him and Matt Stryker need to get back together. Now, Matt Stryker is the guy I rate. Those two together are amazing. Um, the funny thing about Matt Stryker is I'm not... I'm, you can I'm find Matt Stryker on MLW. Um, oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, I, the reason that I rate Matt Stryker is it's not because I particularly rate him as a commentator. I think he's okay as a commentator. I think he's he's better than okay. He's he's a commentator that doesn't. Um, I don't notice him when he's commentating, which, in my opinion, is the sign of a good commentator. It's not a sign of a great commentator, but he's more a Jesse Ventura than he is a Gorilla Monsoon, if you get my drift, um, in regards to how much I notice him. Um, but moving that to one side, I went and saw a show that he commentated on um, a few years ago, and the break happened, and usually at the interval, all of the performers obviously go, if you've ever been to a live wrestling show, they all just kind of slink backstage, and the light, the house lights go up, and Ricochet sells his merchandise, and, um, you know, Will Ospreay slaps a few people on the chest. Matt Stryker did not go backstage. He stood up, turned around at his commentary desk and just waited for people to come. And he was still signing autographs 20 minutes later and talking to the people who were queuing up. And he then just sat back down and carried on commentating. And this was for a YouTube federation. Like, that's dedication. That is the kind of guy you want as a face in your company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there, but it's obviously got love for the business. I mean, if he didn't, he would have just fucked off to the back, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, no, this is true. This is true. He would have gone back to teaching. That worked quite well. Uh, do you know who that worked for? We George were the Animal the, um, Steel. Yes, yes, yes yeah, George yeah. The Animal Steel. <laughs> Yeah, he was a teacher in the neighbouring state throughout his entire career, and because and, there was the territory system, and no, no one, one knew who he was. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Crazy. He made a living of being turnbuckles. So <laughs> now we've now we've talked pretty much everything about wrestling that we can possibly think of. Are you watching anything that's not wrestling? Anything that isn't no, wrestling. wrestling. Wrestling is practically your life. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Umbrella Company. I'm watching Umbrella Company at the moment. What's On Netflix. that? Oh, it's a new superhero thing. That's that. Uh, Umbrella Company, that strikes Ellen me as a page in it, But she's not a superhero yet. I think she's going to end up being one, but... Okay, it's not related to um, Resident Evil at all, then. Because that was the Umbrella Corporation, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, you're right, but... This is about um, children being born on the same day. Um, a pregnancy that lasted all of three seconds and all had children. And this like rich guy brought like seven of them and they made a superhero thing. Faction. Okay, we'll call it that's faction. Worth the watch, bring it back it? to wrestling. We'll call it a faction. <laughs> a faction of superheroes. Yeah. Um, so I haven't watched anything amazing. I recently watched Ralph Breaks the Internet, which was all right um, as far as as far as films go. Um, I always like Wreck It Ralph. That was okay. That was a good film. Was a good film. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, Wreck It Ralph was good. <laughs> like, Ralph Breaks the, the Internet. Things, things I like. <laughs> um, what what else have I? Oh, I recently rewatched um, the Andre the Giant documentary on HBO. Nice. That's really good. Um, it was a really really good documentary. So much so I've I've managed to palm it off on the rest of my family under the guise that it's not a wrestling documentary. It's a documentary about a wrestler, um, and I'm waiting to hear feedback from them Which to see whether they. It's kind of the feel of it. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of those... He is bigger than wrestling or was bigger than wrestling um, at the time, obviously. And it really does kind of follow that. If you haven't seen it, go out of your way to check it out because that is an amazing documentary and the start of what will hopefully be a string of great sporting documentaries from HBO. Um, Really, really, really good. And we saw Vince McMahon cry, which is never a bad thing. And the guy upstairs is singing again. There's a guy upstairs who's... Oh, ukulele guy. A uh, guitar guy who's got a uh, Bob Dylan type of kind of thing going up. Oh, okay. Well, hi, upstairs guy. Um, you are hi, listening to J Fabe. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably why he's playing guitar. <laughs> Uh, should we um, <laughs> should we stick a fork in this thing? I think um, I think we've pretty much covered everything up until up until this week. Unless you can think of anything more important, we've got the um, obviously there's the Charlotte and Becky angle. We could probably speculate about that, but to be honest, I don't think it's that important. We could we could get all that speculation later in the week. I think when we, when there's another chapter. Yeah, we can we can pull that together in the next one probably. Yeah, no, that's fair play. Um, well, in that case, thank you Brilliant. for listening to it. Yeah, yeah Jay Fabe. But in that okay. case, that's an abrupt end. See you later, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. I don't well, actually have to the Jay Fabe podcast. I'm, I'm <laughs> beer. Has... He's beer. <laughs> we are. We we're are beard, and, beard beer. and bear. Yeah, yeah. We, we apparently <laughs> are beard and bear. Are we, we're going to have to change our Twitter handle, aren't we, at some point? We're going to have to actually change ourselves to beard and bear. Beard and bear. Yeah, no, I can see that. Are you, am I going to be beard and you'll be in bed? I'll tell you what, if we reach a thousand subscribers... Wow, that's, yeah. I'm just going to change mine to beard. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> At that point, we will hold a vote. And people, the people can vote as to whether we will be beard and bear and we will change the podcast name to beard and bear. Or and we will go by the names Beard and Bear, or whether we will continue to be J Fabe with J and Rich. We are J Fabe, but just Beard and Bear J Fabe. <laughs> J Fabe with Beard and Bear. No, no, that's that's uh, that's fair. But I mean, obviously, <laughs> we've got to have we've got to have some kind of you know identity beyond J Fabe because I've just realised it's really hard for people to remember. Sure, because kfabe jfabe doesn't ring a bell to anyone. Well, the problem is the spelling. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Well, it's not though. All of our channels are the letter J followed by Fabe, mm. because uh, somebody made an absolute error when setting all of this up on Anchor and didn't kind of see this coming. Right. So yeah, um, everybody just remember how jfabe spelled, I guess. If you're listening, now you know. Yeah, <laughs> you found <yeah>. it. <laughs> right, are, we, are we done? Yeah, I think we're <laughs> rambling on now. Thank you very much for listening to Jay Fabe. I have been Rich. He has been Jay. And Beard. He's Bear. We are Beard and Bear. 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 It's getting bad, it's gonna
Is this Paramore? I am so cutting. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Paramore?